grace, peace, and mercy to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is Ephesians, previously read, and our topic is being chosen. Do you remember being a kid back when winning was allowed? Do you remember gym class and team sports like football, baseball, and dodgeball? The team captains were usually chosen by the gym teachers who knew well the, the athletic ones, the ones they coached in some capacity usually. Chosen first, you would in turn look at the rest of the class and begin by picking teammates who had skills, worthy skills, so you could have a winning team. Being chosen meant you were special. You high-fived and you celebrated your exceptional status at being chosen first, versus the opposite, being left out, or simply chosen near the end or even dead last. If you were like me, your knowledge of sports extended to knowing which end of the bat to hold on to, that the glove went on the opposite hand of the one you threw with, and the, and the goal of football was simply to knock the other guy across from you down. If you were one of the ones chosen first in the draft, you were built up in your confidence. The last thing you wanted was to be chosen last. It implied not being good enough and not measuring up. Apply this idea to the church that God chooses who belongs. If we are honest, we quickly see that we really do not belong here. We ought to be left out on the sidelines. You want proof? Are we saints, as described in our creeds, the communion of saints, the holy ones? I'll look at my sins, and you look at yours. Honestly, not saintly. Sins, many sins, some of which we would dare not speak of, cringe at even the thought of them being known. But God knows all of them. And we aren't good enough to be in God's presence, much less be chosen by Him. But listen to the action words from Paul's epistle. God, who has blessed us in Christ, He chose us. He predestined us for adoption. He blessed us. He lavished upon us, making known to us His purpose, sent forth in Christ. Do you get it? It is God doing the action. He is doing the choosing, choosing what belongs to Him. So why are we chosen? It has nothing to do with us or our abilities. Being chosen does not rely on anything we are or do, but only on the merits of Christ, which are freely given to us. Imagine the star quarterback of the high school football team as the captain in gym class. And his first pick to be on his team is the smallest, physically least imposing, and arguably the least qualified kid in the class. It just makes no sense. Neither does God's selection of us poor, miserable sinners. But out of God's own love for us, this is what he does. He chooses us. He chooses all of creation to be saved through faith in Christ. This is objective justification for the whole world, Christ on the cross. But he gives us faith 
freely to believe in the hearing of the gospel and the work of the Holy Spirit, that that justification is for us. And that is subjective justification when we hear the gospel. In Jesus, through our faith in His life, His death, and resurrection, God loves us and chooses us. And then we belong. But He does not make us part of a team. He adopts us as His own, making us part of His family. It can be hard to believe, but if you look at the Bible, you will see example after example of what I am talking about. God chooses not the greatest, but often the least, because He loves them and uses them for His good purpose, purposes we don't always see as important. Israel, as a people, was never a powerhouse, but God chose them as His people and set them apart from all other nations as His own. He watched over and guided them like a father. This many also chastened them, rebuked them, allowed their wrongdoings to cause them harm, but it was to preserve them so they would turn to Him and see His mercy. Just, but He watched over them and guided them so that just at the right time, He could bring salvation to the world through Christ, His Son. Look even at the people He chose to work His will through in their history. David, scrawny kid, but told he will be king, slays a giant, has an affair, kills his mistress's husband to cover his adultery, soon to be evidenced by her growing abdominal girth, magnificent example of godliness. No, but chosen. Paul, present and looking on as Stephen gives his witness of Christ, the crucified and risen Savior, he then holds the robes of those who cannot bear Stephen's message of truth, hate him, and stone him to death. He persecutes and has the blood of early Christians on his hands, yet he is chosen. In our gospel, we hear of Herod and what he hears of, the twelve disciples, them coming back and all that Jesus is doing. The disciples are not pillars of society or even of the church at that time. But Jesus chose them and sends them with His authority. They returned rejoicing about all the things they had been able to do, but Jesus simply tells them to rejoice that their names are written in the Lamb's book of life, that they have been chosen by God, not put their worth in all that they have done. We are chosen before time and eternity, not, not just us as a group, but individually, subjectively. He knew you. Imagine that if you can. Nothing in existence except a void in God knowing us and desiring to create us and all that is around us to glorify Him for His unimaginable love. We are made God's children and given an inheritance in baptism. The sign of the cross is a reminder we make in remembrance of what God has done in us it is a good reminder, because being chosen can lead one to want to revel in the why. Why was I chosen? <laughs> the good arm, the fast legs, the big, the big body to just push people aside. Our sinful and prideful nature wants to take some credit, just like those first chosen for the flag football team in gym. They want to revel in their skills and abilities that got them there, that are the proofs of their worthiness. After all, they were chosen first. 
we are easily tempted to outward signs in our works, our offerings, our work in the church, the good works we do in our daily lives, if we can even recognize them. Even these are all in God's plan, His choosing. They are things that sanctify us, holy acts, but they do not justify us. Our justification is in Christ's atoning sacrifice for our sins alone. For one troubled by sin, outward signs of one's own faith can be dangerous. Some will look for manifestations of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, performing miracles, or casting out demons. It still happens in churches around us. They want signs. The flip side of that becomes, well, sorry, but if you don't have them, well, I guess you better try and do better. I saw this myself in the hospital when one girl stood at her father's bedside as he was literally dying on a ventilator and said, oh, daddy, if you only had more faith, you could get out of this bed. What a crushing blow to the faith of that man that because he couldn't get out, he didn't have faith. God forbid you think you have them, these gifts that you think are of the spirits, and then they go away. It is the devil's playground to place our worthiness before God within ourselves and what we are and to do and feel. We place our worthiness in the gifts of faith and the Holy Spirit given in our baptism that is God's work and not our own, where we are born again and are given life. We are chosen before time and eternity to faith in Christ. We have not the capacity or the knowledge to question and figure out why all do not come to faith in Christ. It is the will of God that all would be saved. Christ died for all. Why does the devil get his way, enticing some to walk away from or simply deny the saving work of Christ on the cross for the forgiveness of their sins? Why would God allow that? The answer is in the unsearchable mind of God and not for us to know. We only look to the promise he gives that are attached to word and sacrament and baptism that saves us and to the body and blood of Christ where he is with us to strengthen and preserve us into life everlasting. God has chosen you and I out of his unimaginable love for us and given us the gift of faith in Christ. He has chosen to make us his own and no one can separate us from him. Amen. And now may this peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.